Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, we have Pierre-Paul Tourjean, all the way from Alberta, here to join us. If you don't know Pierre-Paul, he's been on, I think this is the third time he's been on the podcast, he's an ex-CMHC multi-unit apartment building underwriter, who then left CMHC and has gone off to buy rental properties and apartment buildings himself. He's been on sharing how that journey has been for uh, for him. You can go back and listen to previous episodes. Um, we'll link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, to those two podcasts so you can get quickly access those and if you're looking for the show notes you can always go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast for all the episodes you can click on this one and you'll have links to those other ones and that's how we'll connect the dots there he actually walked in with a bottle of barolo wine we get into that i don't know if that gets us off track by the end of the podcast or not i'll let you decide but we did have fun with that uh opening that bottle of wine and um, we talk about his journey here to Ontario and why from Alberta as a multi-unit apartment building investor, he's here in the GTA exploring this area. And if you've listened to this podcast for some time, you will know that this area of Canada has a lot of opportunity. So it's interesting for us to see people from Alberta come out here and check out this area. We're going to ask him on this episode to share his first impressions of checking out the multi-unit space here in the GTA and the Golden Horseshoe area. And if you're interested in this kind of stuff, or you have a friend or family member who's kind of sort of interested in real estate investing, but doesn't know where to begin, one of the reports that I'd recommend, is this a report we put together? a little while ago we just updated it with the latest data and it's called the destruction of the middle class and look i just want to share the reason that we love real estate the way we do isn't for all the hassles and pain that real estate brings because anyone who has invested in real estate and tells me they've never experienced a problem or a pain is totally not telling me everything <laughs> i was about to say they're totally lying but uh, they're just not telling me the whole story because if you've owned real estate for any period of time you definitely deal with crap but the reason that we plow forward with real estate is that it's one of the best vehicles that we can control ourselves and helps us escape this destruction of the middle class that we see happening in Canada. And in this report, we map property prices against incomes. We, we put this report out a little while ago. We just updated it with the latest data. So if you have someone who's thinking about, you know, why they can't seem to save money or get ahead with their career or income alone, they can get a copy of this report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. All the recent reports that we've put together are, the, are there, including this updated one. It's called this, The Destruction of the Middle Class why less Canadians can afford homes and why it's only getting worse. So there you go. That's available there. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. <laughs> okay, we are live with Pierre Paul Tourjean. I don't oh, never know if I say that right, but he did you walk. Did. I you did. did I? Yeah. Sounds Pierre great. Paul Tourjean. Nick, by the way, can you hear me, Nick? Oh yeah, loud and clear. Yeah? <laughs> I do because if it's not okay, you just tell me and I'll adjust it. <laughs> Nick can hear me. We're good to go. Listen, not everyone walks in. What time is it? It's eleven fifteen in the morning. Pierre Paul walked. Did you just land from Alberta? No, no, no. A week oh, ago. you came yesterday. Yeah, a How? week ago. A week oh, ago. Oh, I've been busy. I had my workshop last weekend I, in Hamilton. I, 
Yeah. Oh, that, oh it was last weekend. Yeah. I feel like you came into Ontario and you are spying on all of us real estate stuff <laughs> and you're just trying to figure out what's going down in Ontario. You got it. I am. I know you are. And I, I'm sure you're going to give us the full report, but not everybody walks in here at 11.15 in the morning with a beautiful bottle of Italian Barolo and opens it up and pours a glass and we're now drinking... Uh, Barolo, uh, Barolo at 9.15 in the morning. Nick is not, though. How much have you had to drink? You just said it's 11.15. Now it's 9.15. Yeah, yeah he's already well, mixing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not 9.15, 11.15. We're not that bad. You know what? i got to turn the mics down. We're all peeking out here. Uh, it's... Uh, I'm. I have pretty much an empty stomach. Um, so do I. So yeah. So a little bit of wine is enough to make me completely hammered at this point. Giddyish. But I got to ask you, um, <laughs> what is uh, wh- wh- why are you doing the intermittent fast? You're doing. What time do you stop eating at night? And then when do you start eating again? So I stop eating at nine o'clock and get back at about uh, one o'clock. And sometimes okay. I might. So what's that? Like a sixteen eight. Yeah, sixteen kind of eight. Thing. It's a sixteen eight. Classic. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. I was for doing now. the sixteen eight for about a month. Yeah. And I really loved it. Re- yeah, I'm going to get yeah, back to it. Yeah. Uh, the, I just got away from it. I don't know if I told you I got a bit of a concussion. No. Uh, Andrew on our team got a new Tesla with ludicrous mode. And he took me out on the streets and he went zero to 100 as fast as it can go four different times. My head bobbed around a little bit. I thought it was just like a roller coaster. Next day I had full on concussion symptoms. You are no, me, sitting in a car. Yeah, sitting in a car. That's I'm a delicate flower. No, I'm really no, no, no shit. I mean, you're very <laughs> delicate. Wow. So that that's my second concussion now. This and is ser- I've never heard anything like that. No, you it's didn't ridiculous. Hit your head or anything? No, it, apparently with pretty serious whiplash, you can get a concussion. Holy and Michael. because it wasn't my first, my first one was really bad. My car was oh, you off. you've you've got a history of uh, now I do now I have two. So now I know the guys in Burlington go to, they specialize in it. It's a PhD who deals with concussions and different athletes. Not that I'm an athlete, mm-hmm. but I just mm-hmm. mean he knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. Now I know the attention to get with different chiros and physios and yeah. osteopaths. Yeah. So if anyone listening to this, if you're lost on anything, your, your, your child has a concussion, we have some resources now. Email into the Rockstar office. We'll put you in touch. They're nothing to do with us. But if sometimes I feel with concussions, the yep. medical profession is a little bit behind on giving the proper advice. Yep. Yep. You need to get the right attention. This is a serious matter for real. We turn well, this into we a serious s- concussion talk. <laughs> no, but we, I've got I've got my youngest, 15 years old. He's a athlete, a skier, and he's racing with a band for a race a ski race club. But he's had various concussions, so not to be taken lightly. And the symptoms uh, last forever. Oh, it's not widespread. Geez. It's not that the medical industry might not know about them. It's just it's not widespread enough, the knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's very, you know, it's, it's not like the, uh, prescribing penicillin, right? Exactly. My, the first exactly. concussion I got that when I went to see the, the I'm not going to say the medical doctor's name, he said, uh, I don't think you have a concussion. I think you have diabetes. Oh, my God. And I said, no, I don't think I said, I don't no think I told near. you I got into, I said, no, I did tell you I got into a major, my car, it was a, it was a BMW was written off. The well, car accident was so, so bad. Your and first I, concussion. Yeah, and, and okay. I said, I, I'm pretty sure I have a concussion. He's like, I'm going to test you for diabetes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, I, do, I don't have diabetes. Listen, my wife is a nurse. Uh, you want to trust the medical profession only until so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. you got to quarterback it yourself, like you mo- like real estate stuff that yep. we're going to yep. get into here. Yep. So, what, so you had your... Um, the intermittent fasting, how long have you been doing it? Are you enjoying so it? So you said that you did it for a month. You really enjoyed it. I loved it. That is actually what I do. So it's not recommended to do it on an ongoing basis. So four weeks is about how long we're going to go this time. 
uh, and then you take a break a couple of weeks and then you start again and more and more I think I'm going to try to stretch to uh, you know now I'm 16 hours 18 hours and how you br- I'm just learning about this and I don't have the medical lingo to be the best person to explain it but then how you break your fast it's very important what you eat so for example when I break my fast I should try to go for something lean maybe an avocado or something like that so if you can't stretch it for me unlike you I don't work out as regularly I should, shouldn't say that but I'm in good shape but you know I'm older than you guys and it goes into my belly right so that's what it does it, it, it you know it takes from your reserve which is for me up front because I have none elsewhere I'm, I'm skinny you're, guy yeah you're other. pretty lean yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I mean I don't work out as regularly to you guys but I, I practice yoga I'm going to be in uh, Puerto Vallarta in three weeks for a one-week retreat all vegetarian food look forward to that but you know and I hike I'm active I shouldn't say that but I mean are you, you know. going uh, solo to the yoga retreat no my wife and a bunch of friends going to be awesome and oh, no some way. jungle resor- resort really cool place it's going to be awesome two sessions and some surfing yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to, gotta, you know, like you guys, you guys go off to Croatia in the summertime, so I'm L- the same. Last time you were here, I think it was after your uh, your workshop, I think you were going to do 10 days or something in Mexico. By yeah. Yourself. How did that go? Uh, we that was went, by yourself, right? Belize. Wasn't that by no, yourself? we went to Belize. Oh, it wasn't oh, yeah, by yourself. Was, oh, yeah, that was high-end stuff, though, like oh, super okay, nice different. villa, own pool, and uh, yeah. Okay. I have friends in all like that. Yeah, big smile on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, pour I, me I, another I, glass I, of Barolo, please? No, no. I'll take another glass. The good news is I hang out with oil and gas people. They have money, so I said, you know, yeah, well, let's go, but I got money that, that that's burning my pocket, so can I just rent a nice place? I said, sure, my friend, sure, John, go for it, buddy. <laughs> let's go. Tell John, let's, this is your buddy John? Yeah, We don't know John. John. Tell Pass the message on that other people want to come on John's yeah, yeah. I have friends, Nick and Tom. In the <laughs> if he's in oil and gas and he lives in Alberta, does he live yeah. in Alberta? Yeah. Yeah. Does, does he want to separate from Canada? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're hearing uh, rumblings out east about well, that. Stuart, let, let me have a sip of wine, Nick, wait, before I answer that wait question. Wait let me get this straight. You're born in Quebec, right? Mm-hmm. You're this yeah. Pierre Paul just Separate moves to provinces everywhere. that want to leave you, Canada. You, you want to get me going already? Like, to wait a minute. Let's start this podcast no, a bit no, slower. You, will you wait a second here? Because you're you're living in Alberta now, but you're coming to Ontario looking for investment properties. Yes, how sir. the tides have turned. No Do you shit. remember like ten years yeah, ago? Yeah. So tell. So tell. First of all, before we get into that, how'd the workshop go? Amazing. Good time. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, oh, you know what. I got to start with uh, the beginning. Remember what I do when I do something like this is a podcast. So I got to start with my gratitude rock. So happy to be here with you guys uh, always. But uh, because when you think of workshop, I think of man, I'm blessed like you guys. When I see you, I haven't attended your event, but you know, I think I will. Uh, It's hard for me to plan as far as you guys do, but I've seen you in action. You know, it's a blessing to be a speaker and have a bunch of people listen to you. I always want to start from a place of humility, but you know, they fill out an evaluation form and the last three years since I completely overhauled and the content 9.49 out of 10. So I think it went okay. Yeah, that's I'll really say. Cool. I love the engineering. You just yeah, yeah. Nine, <laughs> I don't know, Pierre Paul. If they didn't rate you 9.5, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like, know. Shit, I didn't get uh, 9.9, darn, you know, didn't cool. go as well as planned. No, but it's, uh, it's I, I ju- you know, I, I want to be humble about and this. And you run that in Ontario how many times a year? Well, I, I had not no intention of uh, having another one, but, uh, you know, I put up a wait list and then the wait list kept filling up. Then, of course, we're speaking all of us to more at uh, the Wealth Hacker Conference. So I thought, well, gee, I got the, this workshop is almost half full already and I didn't do any marketing so I started doing a bit of marketing I sold out so awesome. it's twice this year I think it might it looks that there's a demand in GTA uh, you know uh, lower southern Ontario to, to have one twice a year so but I'm taking one at a time and based on what I'm doing and my and own you, stuff and you mentioned are we allowed to talk about maybe a podcast for you or no yeah no we are it's, oh, okay, it's going to be called the Canadian Multifamily Investing Insider 
Awesome. So there you go, I bought the domain and I'm um, creating content and all of that. So really excited. You know, so I'm, when I come out here, because I've got friends across Canada, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm creating content. Yeah. Getting them set up like you guys are in the studio. So really, really fun. Very, very cool. Fun. Very, very cool. Fun. Right after this, we're going to race you over to the new office. We're going to show you that ours, my office turned into a bit of a podcast studio. Yeah. And Nick built a secret passage from his office to my office. <laughs> I'm not joking. Child, child, uh, child yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. Dream. There's literally a secret <laughs> passage that goes between the offices that I will show you. And there's a couple other things I'm going to show you that I can't say okay. on the podcast right. right now, but I'm going to show you okay. over there. But uh, so what are you, what, yeah, so what are you doing? You have some maps in yeah. front of you. Tell me, like, well, how are you looking at Ontario right now from a multi-family yeah, point of yeah. view? Yeah, so just to describe to your listeners, so I, I came in with obviously a, gla- a bottle of Barolo wine from Italy and then my maps because you're right, I'm trying to diversify my investment portfolio. Uh, this is, things are cool. When you know what you're doing, and you know, I insist on having a high degree of professionalism like you guys have. So when you do things right, good things happen to you. So before I left, uh, not even two weeks ago, I had some other oil and gas people, not John, my friend, but other oil and gas people. Actually, they're from Switzerland and, uh, you know, started investing in oil and gas years ago. So they have a lot of money and they too want to diversify their investment risk. They said, Pierre Paul, we see you online and all that jazz. You know about multifamily, a former CMC underwriter. We got money we'd like to, uh, to invest in in real estate apartment buildings in Ontario and Quebec. Well, I said, your timing is just awesome. I'm going to Ontario. And I was already there myself because I come out here a fair bit. I know uh, at the macro level, you've got all the fundamentals super strong with you know population growth. I read your reports, obviously, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we've got low vacancies, uh, wait lists for rental accommodations. I mean, you know, and of course, I want to hear from you, Tom, because you're the macroeconomic guy. But uh, we might be on the verge of a global recession. It's not uh, impossible. But even if that were to which, happen, which might present you awesome opportunities for all of us exactly. in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's but save that later because on, I want to hear yep, your take yep. on that because that is also my take, Tom. Right. So I think despite the fact we might have some kind of international financial meltdown, I don't think the fundamentals are going to be severely impacted. Hence the reason why I'm here uh, and why I brought some maps and stuff, because I just, uh, I'm going to do the same on my podcast kind of, cause m- you know, me, this is all I do all day long. I talk, I, you know, teach people this. And sometimes you don't take the steps apart of what you're doing. You do it mechanically. Like I'm so, it's so ingrained as an underwriter. So, but I know my market back in Alberta, like the back of my hands. I was an underwriter there for many, many years. I know the lenders, I know all the players. Here, I got to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like I put a lot of emphasis on my uh, students to do their planning and research module. Like my, in my course, uh, they have, before they show up to the workshop, they've got to go through the, because you know, my, my course is all online as well. They have to go through the planning and research module. So the amount of homework when you move to the bigger, you know, the big leagues of real estate investing five or more units is significant. And even a smart aleck, jackass like me, that former CMC underwriter, I cannot take a you shortcut. You are a bit of a smart aleck. I know, I know, I know. I did say smart ass, not smart aleck. You're more polite than me. But the point to, to, to about this is I cannot take a shortcut, guys. I got maps here. I was showing around. You know around. what's so funny? You are so different than Nick and I, because you know how Nick and I do our stuff with uh, learning real estate? We're like, uh, someone once told us about like, student rentals so then nick goes out and he's like tom i just bought a student rental yesterday i don't know what i'm doing and then we figure it out and we make all the mistakes so you do it a much more proactive way where you are structured whereas we go or and everything we've done like that like when when we've done flips both nick and i will just go buy a property do the flip and then if it didn't make as much money as we hoped that's like our cost of kind of learning luckily we have not lost 
Uh, you know, we haven't lost our shirt in any ways, but we've made a ton of mistakes. So we've just kind of jumped in. But you're right. When you're going but, into but, a building. But, but let's explore that for a moment, uh, Tom. Is that because, you know, if you've got surplus, you can't take on higher risk. So I'm assuming for, for you to not be fearful as another novice investor might be, maybe that's why you no, can't we take had no these surplus. No, we had no surplus. I'm talking I, about when we're in our my 20s. My world, there's a thin margin for error. There's no, no margin you, for error. No, you're right. I think it was. It cost you a lot if you make a mistake. Totally agree. I think it was in our twenties. We didn't know what we didn't know. Oh, this is we way had back. we had nothing to lose. Okay, way you, back. when you have nothing, you can't lose anything. Okay, I see. Well, that's you know not I mean? now. You and wouldn't I do that find now. now you're right. I find now okay. we are much more. Hey, let's yeah. dig into this yeah. a little bit. Let's figure it out. Totally. I just meant when we began, we could have run. It would have benefited okay. us running into someone like yourself, yeah. who said, "Hey, guys, <laughs> yeah. you might want to look at the 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 project in this way." Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about systems, like super meticulous systems, but, you know, it works. Totally. So I, I you know, I, I don't know Hamilton. I don't know, you know, the Golden Horseshoe Court. I know it from years ago when I went to U of T, right? But, you know, I, I need to know. So I got a system. I'm, I'm super anally retentive. You said, the, what did you call it? Smart Alec? I said Smart Ass. Like no, we I, can go with Smart Ass. I, 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 with smart I, Alec. I haven't heard that in a long time. I, I got my map here, right? And I just I, can't believe you have a map. Well, I know, and ne- neither the, did the. Where did you get I told my kids about these maps. Where did you, where'd you buy that? At the gas well, station, say, they still sell those things. Uh, let me tell you the story. First thing I do, I got an appointment with a realtor in Hamilton. Always the same, uh, you know, Tim Hortons. All realtors send me there. So first, before I met with him, I, first thing I did is I went to CAA. I'm a CAA member. Get some map because. <laughs> Tom, no, but you would relate no, to that. That's, smart. That's it's one of the benefits smart, yeah. of being a CAA yeah, member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will relate to that because you're a macro guy as well. That's your thing when you have your events. So I need to see the full picture and then you zero in. So I brought three freaking markers, or, a, an orange one, right, <laughs> a blue one and a yellow one. So that I know, because the maps have the names of the neighborhood and all of that, right? It was, have I got the right map? Which map is that? That's Niagara Falls. The same difference with Hamilton. And then I just zero in, and then we drive around, because oftentimes apartment buildings are in clusters off a main artery. So I need to picture myself. I'll, I'll go back, by the way, before I fly back to uh, you know uh, Calgary, to f- get a feeling for the air. What, what are the amenities We're kicking around? you out of this province, Pierre Paul. That's <laughs> no, it. No, We're no, sending you back. We're saying, hey, take your Alberta money and get out of here. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but it's, it's homework. My point is, even a guy with my wealth of knowledge cannot take a shortcut when it comes to, you know, knowing your market uh, and at a visual, like, you know, pounding the pavement. There's no shortcut to that. And I insist on that. But... On the other hand, when you do things well, like people know now uh, the doors are open to me because, you know, I'm lucky in that sense. What I'm trying to teach people is for me, the doors open easily with realtors wanting to work with me. Because you know what? If you're like, I already know exactly how much capital I've got. So the first thing that realtors, you guys, you know, you, you're a bro- mortgage, uh, not a realtor brokerage firm. You know about that. I have to tell or manage the expectations from the beginning. So I tell those realtors, I've got X amount of capital right now. What can that buy me? Right. Then the next step, which was a big eye opener on Wednesday when I toured some properties in Hamilton, what's the level of effort? Do you want a turnkey, uh, you know, project where you just go in and everything's done, upgraded, and all that, or which is what you have mostly in the market, like older markets like Hamilton, they're like uh, value add projects. You got to put in a lot of money, a lot of money. So we're, yeah. yeah so so tell us what 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 did you see in Hamilton? Like what kind of market did you see? Because I'm interested because it's going to be very different than Alberta. Oh, yeah. Kind of- well, so, so, and it's funny because I had to remind myself. Okay, Pierre Have Paul. you been out to Oshawa on the east side of Toronto? No, I haven't. So, Should Oshawa's going to, well, yes, because Oshawa's going to remind you somewhat of Hamilton. Okay. It's like on the mirror. Older housing stock. Correct. 
So there's okay. newer as well, but okay. definitely older. So okay. at some point, you're going to want to check that out as well. Is but it Hamilton, as hot as the Golden Horseshoe? Because it's no longer no, the Golden Horseshoe. No, that's what we consider east. the beginning of the Golden Horseshoe, way oh, okay. out there. And we consider that the beginning. I didn't realize it began past of Toronto. So well, we, we're east. defining what the Golden okay. Horseshoe is, okay. is here at Rockstar. Okay, so, so, it's, so it's almost <laughs> like a J shape. Uh, well, no, that's no, but not no, a we do but consider, <laughs> we do consider it all the way from basically Oshawa all yeah. around yeah. Lake Ontario. That's yeah. what makes the okay. Horseshoe, right? Okay. So definitely. It's almost a circle or a half a ba- circle. Al- almost. <laughs> but no, you should. But, uh, but Hamilton is definitely a massive growth potential. And part of the reason for Hamilton's growth potential is, is this. The average family home in Toronto, and I know we're talking multi-unit, it, but uh, let me just explain yep. it this way. Average family home in Toronto is going to be a million dollars north. Yep. Uh, Mississauga, million dollars. Yep. Oakville, million. I'm generalizing here, mm-hmm. but Oakville, a million dollars. Burlington, million dollars. Then you're going to come to Hamilton, 550. So when you come down the markets, if you just drive from Toronto, yep. you yep. go million, 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 million. And then you hit an area like Hamilton, yep. which has much better opportunities for buying their first homes. And we're, for the first time, we are seeing not just a little bit, we are seeing en masse people moving from the core to places like the writing Ham- is on the wall. Like Hamilton. And not only are we seeing uh, people go to Hamilton, we're seeing people uh, move from the GTA to London, Ontario, yep. Niagara. Yep. So your opportunity is going to be even beyond Hamilton. But Hamilton is in the middle of its massive renaissance well right i now. pick between hamilton and uh, st catharines and niagara so i got to check out niagara as you well do, so definitely but it's but tell, you know, tell us what you think of the building so like when where's the opportunity in multi-unit in him in the hamilton well area? listen i'm at the beginning of doing my no, no, homework sure, but just your first impression uh, but clearly as you just said hamilton i think that whole corridor i mean you know again i read your reports you guys are a great source of information about the uh, is it it's the go train that's going to go all the way to niagara right not the lrt it's Correct. not going to be an lrt no. go yeah. train so obviously along that corridor we know what happens to valuations in that case it's uh, the closer you are, it can go up to 20% in appreciation, right? So the closer, so I have that in mind. Uh, like I said, I have to refresh my memory because I used to hang out there when I was at U of T uh, 40 years ago, a lot more. But uh, that's what I'm looking at, where the market is going. Um, we, we, let, let's backtrack a little bit because everybody says, everybody knows that really multifamily is, is a great way, you know, because of the wealth multiply effect and all of that. But when, when you start, you know, a First of all, we attract money. The, the reason why people don't do it, oftentimes, you've heard it all the time, no money. Well, I don't use my own money, folks. I use OPM, other people's money. And I want to backtrack a little bit. I met with these guys literally out of the blue. I don't exactly know. Well, they saw me on the internet, whatever. They have money. Initially, they said, we got a quarter of a million. So I met with, with them just before I flew out to GTA for coffee. And I went through my investor questionnaire. It's important because you've got to manage expectations from your investors as well. I want to cross that, you know, that, that, that hurdle first. So I said, a quarter of a million, even in my own market, it's not buying you anything. So you've got to up that up to at least a million. And I know that if I make a good business case, I found a project, uh, they would up that. That money is no object. So that's kind of cool. And then I said, what's your investment horizon? Because you're asking me what kind of projects I saw. Well, I've got two choices. Either you take a turnkey project, which doesn't have require much work. It's maybe not fully stabilized, but not too far. You don't have a lot of physical upgrades to do. Okay. So then that's what I call a turnkey. So I told them also that. I, I said, no, I, this is before I did what I, now I've gone to Hamilton. I've looked at buildings, but this is over a week ago before I did this. So I said, either, what do you want? You want a turnkey project, which your return on investment is not going to be as great because there's no big lift effect, right? The big lift, uh, multiply wealth effect, or you want, uh, you know, a value add. And now I can put numbers to that. I knew it'd be a, a lot of work. Like, 
I got it. Not as I, much I, as you thought. Know, I know, got scared shitless listen, when I walked into listen, some of these why buildings. I think when we first met you and you were like, why aren't you guys pouring into multi-unit? We were like, hey, there's so much opportunity in some of the other strategies that multi-unit, of course, is a big opportunity. There is no doubt that it is a huge opportunity. However, we saw so much opportunity in some other areas. And Easier our projects is what you're exactly, saying. Exactly. And our expertise wasn't already in those other areas. Yeah. So we thought, yeah. why are we going to go down this path? The, that level the, of effort. I call that the level of effort. Exactly. I, when there's other other opportunities staring yeah. us in the face. But someone like yourself coming in with th that lens of the multi-unit, it's fascinating to hear you describe. So can you continue? What do you mean by, um, you know, the value add? What? Wh how would somebody... Can you describe the state of the buildings you saw in Hamilton oh. and how, where's the opportunity? I was scared shitless. Like I've never bought, <laughs> I've like never honesty. bought a dilapidated building like that. I hope the people that took me around these buildings are not listening to this, but <laughs> whoa. I, I, but I, you I, typically don't hide your emotions well. So when you were, when you were take, being taken around, I'm sure that came out anyways. Oh, I held it back a little yeah. bit. You didn't hold it back. You I, did. I, I, I did for a couple of days right until uh, the tour was over. No, no. This being said, though, I, the point is about this, you know, we're, we're educators, right? You guys, me, is to, 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 to re get a reality check. Like for me, and it's funny, what I want to say is I knew this before. Like, I mean, this is what I do like you guys all day long. So I knew this. these are the two options. And I even, before I even saw a dilapidated building, I said to my investor, what are you in for? Well, they're open as long as the money is there. Okay, well, I said, if, if we go for a, a value add, which means to answer your question, improving the property to a, a better standard because the housing stock, if it hasn't been touched, and those owners, vendors have been sitting on them for a long time. They haven't done any freaking maintenance. Like it's dilapidated. To me, it's like the third world stuff. You guys go to Europe. You know what I'm talking about? Some areas, right? Some some smaller towns. That's what I saw. So you need to know. And I this is my stuff. I teach this stuff in my course that when I talk about planning research, what how much money? Uh, what project type, like level of effort, right? Is it a turnkey? So I just experienced that. Now I don't have the answers what I'm going to go for. Because for me, my ass is sitting in Alberta. If I want to take a value add project, it's going to require 25, 30 grand a door to upgrade to proper standard. Okay, but the rewards are there. We're going to talk about that. That means what? And I told this to my investor before I even saw these buildings. That means we're gonna, I'm going to need money to travel back and forth. I said, the good news is I'm plugged in because I know a lot of friends, you guys. I can call you and find out good contractors to do the work. But it's going to require a significant amount of effort. However, the rewards is commensurate with the level of effort, right? It all depends. One needs to know, like my kids are getting older, like yours. Uh, maybe not Nick, your kids are a bit younger, but yours are older. Mine, I've got out of three, I've got two out of the house and university. Uh, I have more time to travel, I have more of that freedom. So maybe I can swing it, right? But then I'll have to sit down again with my investor and say, is that what you want? Or you want me to look for a turnkey where, you know, minimal work is required, but your return investment is going to be less. So you need to figure this out for yourself before you venture out there and manage the expectations. Like, you know, last night I was talking to a bunch of realtors as well, investors. Uh, in the multifamily world, it's a small, small world. If you screw up, like, you know, no offense to your listeners and other realtors, you know, but in the smaller rental property market, if you screw up with one realtor, there's always going to be another one mm -hmm. that's going to work with you because it's big enough. There's enough of them or another lender. My world, like the margin for error is very, very thin. So you need to be a professional from beginning to end. Like I'm going to tour again another realtor because I hate to say a lot of realtors want me to swear allegiance to them. No, I won't put all my eggs in the same basket. I'll work with multiple 
multifamily specialist realtors, okay? So, uh, and they know. I tell them this up front, you know, because the same thing. They won't swear allegiance to me. The one guy that I toured some properties with, he's working for somebody with, you know, deeper pockets than me. So, you know, if he sees a deal, he'll send it to them first. And then if they don't want it, they don't have capital at that time, they'll send it to me. So I'm, 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 yeah, you're right, Nick, I'm an open book. But it serves me well. I mean, there's enough bullshit in this world that. Uh, but there's I'm nothing not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, one of the big business so. principles that we live by is never having a single point of failure, right? I mean, so like, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I don't think. I think it's if it's done right, which exactly, which is exactly how you explained. You're being upfront and open, and and you having an open dialogue both ways, 100%. so everyone knows how everyone operates. I think that's totally fine. Yeah, uh, you know, 100%. And, and the people I find more, you know, I, I'm always skeptical when someone wants to lock me into something. Yeah. You know, like, why do you want me to log in or sign up for something for, and I have like this year commitment? Like, do you not trust like what you're offering or, do you know what I mean? So like, I can see it both, I can see both sides of it, but I guess I'm coming from the place that if I'm a serious, you know, if I let them know and, and provide, show that if I was like in your shoes, like, look, I'm serious. Like, here's my portfolio. I've done this before. Here's where I'm coming from. That there's, there's a mutually um, workable relationship that doesn't require these long-term commitments. Yeah, well, but I'm telling you, this is your world with smaller rental properties overall, right? Uh, but in my the multifamily world, a lot of them do have that expectation that you're going to work exclusively with them. I actually had a falling out with one of my realtors. She's a, she's a bulldog of the Edmonton market, uh, multifamily specialist, clearly, older lady. But uh, once she found out that I was working with other realtors and I did buy other properties with other realtors, she blacklisted me. For years, we didn't speak. I'm, now always, just, I'm, I'm always shocked that when that happens. Mind. It's different if she brought you to the properties and she introduced you to these no, properties. No, I would never do that. No, I oh, know. No, no, but that. I know. But then then it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, that, that's, dirt, like that's dirty business. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But if, if you would have never known about these properties without her, some other people bring them to you, she had no hand in them. You know, my opinion, and you know, she, she's probably listening to this and thinking, well, you know, if she li- would listen to this, she's like, you guys are way no, off base, she's right? Not. No, no, I, I, I meant if she was, yeah. But if, uh, but my opinion would be like, that's fine, you know, that's fine. I am, right? I, uh, the reason we're having this conversation is I want people to know this. That's what's going to happen in the multifamily world. It's not unlikely. Yeah. Like yeah, I said, yeah. this is in Alberta with that realtor. We ended up mending. Well, you know, yeah, I gave her a list. You brought her a bottle one. of Barolo? Uh, I could have. Her name is, uh, is Italian, but I didn't. But the point is, you know, it, uh, it's happening here to me here in Ontario. I'm telling you, this is the world of multifamily. It's a different world. You need to know these things. And by sharing this information, what we're doing here on this podcast, people know better and can do better that way. So what did you, so in Hamilton, you, how old were the buildings that you guys you were oh, looking at? And they, then how would you go about making this a better investment? What would no, you, from, I know I know you're just at the beginning of yeah. your exploration, but, but what's, your first, what's your first thoughts? Just your yeah. first, well, we won't hold you to this. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it's... Uh, it's it's, it's buy a building of a cap rate of... It, oh, well, so... Okay, because that's is, the freaky part. I'm interested to hear you that the, where no, the cap rate it. is to the state of the building. Are you in shock Listen, at the this state This was of, my talk last time oh, about valuation. It. Exactly. And what I said to people... Hey, guys, and these are the actual numbers we're talking about. Now I know. I didn't know this a week ago. Well, I kind of have an idea, but now I know for sure. So you're going to buy at a four and a half cap rate, right? But do you think you can get financing at a four and a half cap rate? No, because as you said, cap rate, this is exactly my talk last night, Tom. It's an indicator of risk as well. You got a greater risk there. But you go from, you know, a one bedroom that's renting now for 700 bucks, which is crap. It still has the old, uh, you know, wood floor, like hardwood floor. It's, 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 it's poverty. It is poverty, right? And then if you want to, but if you, upgrade the unit you can get holy crap like you can get seventeen hundred dollars for one bedroom 
with like the quarry quarry kind of quartz like countertop uh, quarion thank you (laughs) you know it's like what Mm -hmm. 1700 in my world that would be brand new spick and span like brand new building top of the line with the gym and maybe a pool or sauna or something at the the bottom of the building so you think there's an opportunity to do that in some of these buildings in hamilton you're gonna have to play by the ontario tenant board laws as well well. so i've asked question on that one yeah we have a great resource for you please please oh yeah we have the best so we have the resource for you on the tenant board okay yeah she knows the she knows the Ontario. She just lives in. But Greece. still, Tom, how are you going to get rid of these guys? Well, There's no, no you they have, have to play by the rules. To go. No, no, agreed. You have to play by the rules for sure. I just yeah, need issue for you. the N two and N four, whatever those forms yeah, but, are. but but for non-payment of rent, it's a fairly straightforward process. If it's repetitive, right? It's no, happened two or three even times. a one-time thing. Like if they're not paying the rent, they're not paying the rent. Okay, I want to know the, no, the that resource. We will, sure. and and um, there is something else, and I don't know how it applies to multi-unit actually. Um, but if you're doing substantial improvements on a you rental get property uh, there are some things that might apply to you directly i'll follow up with the contact out, but, but but the point of the matter i did ask that question tom and it's uh it cannot happen overnight so again you've got to be aware of factor that time totally. factor in that's why it. i want to give you this resource so you yeah. understand in in ontario yeah. exactly the process and then you get into because uh, what you're thinking and and sorry i'm i'm apologizing for cutting you <laughs> off i normally wouldn't but last time you were here i cut you off somebody just ripped into me saying can you let the poor guy speak but i get excited when you speak so I want to share something with you, but I, I just have fun. We have I, wine out today. See, that's maybe even it's the one you're pouring me more glasses while we're talking. But uh, I just want you to know that, yeah, that opportunity to take something from like seven hundred dollars to seventeen hundred definitely exists. It's just to me, your biggest risk factor is understanding the process you would have to go through to do those upgrades in those buildings, because in Alberta. Can't you can you just re, like evict people based on no, renovations? No, no, you cannot. You can well if it's your daughter. I kicked out one tenant because my daughter moved into one of my buildings. She's a university, but no, you just it is more permissive. I agree with you. You can increase your rents by whatever the market can bear once a year. So it's very you know permissive. I would say, but the problem I hear what you're saying, but vacancy rate what is it in hamilton 1.7 percent it's ridiculously low you can almost call it zero exactly yeah, yeah, right yeah. so these i used to you know i went to law school in ontario graduated from ottawa u uh i was an on-site manager in my building in ottawa so i know the system I actually i don't even know how we let you on this podcast you're born in quebec <laughs> so you're a ha- there's a habs don't fan talk in to you me about somewhere. Quebecers. No, there's, I a, don't there's like a habs these fan days. there's a habs <laughs> fan in you somewhere i love people from uh, from quebec i love quebec okay i love yeah. going to quebec yeah. but when you're a habs fan if there's any r- remnants of a habs fan in you automatically i'm a little bit skeptical oh. then you go to alberta and you guys have all these wonderful crazy laws out there in alberta and then you're coming here to ontario and playing in our this playground is a different podcast there. you don't want to get tar- started talking about quebec man because i'm not so happy with my my kind these days yeah. i i well, don't get them they, they yeah really i am i've lost touch that's with a bad brand i could go on we'll Tom. Talk you don't about want to go another <laughs> another another day we'll talk about quebec no but, but uh, the point is you need to f- i need i i don't have a decision yet tom i'm still exploring but you know my key message is i can't take shortcuts i have to roll up my sleep pound the pavement check out these neighborhoods highlight them with a marker on the actual map then you can use the digital portion but at least i go from the macro to the micro that's what i have to do then I'll go back to my investors. I mean, I probably make several trips. So I think we want to deploy the capital sometime in the spring. So I do have time and I'll be back. I'm going to plan to have another workshop in Hamilton uh, in the spring and speak engagement. I'm getting better like you guys. You guys plan your freaking calendar a year in advance. What if I talk to you too late? It's too late. You missed it. So I'm getting like, dude, I'm we learning need to from talk the pros. To you next year now, though. Okay. But I'm learning from the pros. I'm doing, I'm there now. So I'm going to make several trips. 
But I need to go back to the investor and say, okay, well, this is now what we're talking. Now I can say the cap rate is going to be X for purchase price. And the, uh, let me slow this one down, Tom. You know I talk fast, right? We're animated. We're drinking Barola wine, a great uh, bottle of wine. Uh, but people need to figure this out up front because you got to lay out the strategy accordingly to miss that. So once now I know, I didn't know that. Uh, so the point is about cap rate. So if you buy at a four and a half, what you got, and this is a word of caution. Again, I yeah, my training serves me well because as a former underwriter, my job, my brain is structured, yeah, to do this like like at the macro micro level. Each neighborhood are highlighted with a different color marker and all of that. Where the LRT line is going to be, although it doesn't seem to have been clearly defined, so that now I just found that out because to me I was looking at your report and it's just a big line, fat line on the map, right? So drilling down slowly. So I know that if I buy, it probably be at a four and a half cap rate. But what people need to understand is the lenders are going to start, are starting to get wary of increasing values so fast. They're not going to arrive at a value at a four and a half cap rate. They want to mitigate their risk. So they're going to use at least a five or five and a quarter cap rate to arrive at the value and then determine how much of that value. So it's going to be a lower value than what I buy it. So again, that delays your ROI here. You got to, is my investor okay with this? So you got to do this in small little baby steps and then, you know, you build a macro picture. Uh, because you said it, and uh, you you know this is not my first uh, rodeo with you guys here, right? The first podcast. I know you guys like St. Catharines, so I did drive around. It's newer properties, cleaner. I haven't gone to any buildings yet in there, but mind you, there's a lot less to choose from. But just slowly, you know. Okay, so then the level of effort would be less. Uh, maybe it's something more suitable for my investor. So I got to cater to my my money. And the, the reason that, that we mentioned um, that area from Hamilton to, to St. Catharines, we can just see the growth. Like we see it every day. We see the activity that's brewing now between basically Toronto and then to Hamilton. And then it's a different level from Hamilton over to, why are you putting the wine away? You're not going to drink well, anymore? Well, no, it just it makes a noise on the microphone. Oh, no, no, you just put it on here. Just put it on Okay. He's pouring me more wine, but then he's hiding his glass <laughs> no, in the no, corner. No, no, I wasn't, wasn't going to stop drinking that. Just, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it just makes noise. Um, but then the level of activity that we're seeing from Hamilton yeah. to St. Catharines yeah. yeah. and, and now projecting yeah. that forward. Yeah. And I think you know that, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you, that CN Rail owns the track from Hamilton to Niagara. No, it did Ma- not do that. Okay, so here's okay. how it's working. CN Rail owns the track from Hamilton to Niagara. Go, mm-hmm. which is the government of yeah. Ontario's, yeah. Uh, train, public yeah. train, they don't have access to CN Rail. They're in negotiation with okay. CN Rail to either get access okay. or, from what I understand, to lay track next to the CN Rail track. But CN Rail makes the decision. They're in active. But it would, it's CN Rail land, so it would be, still be their track. It's, it's, sorry, it'll still be track. their track. Yeah. It's but, a second track. But the track, GO train right? doesn't. Right now, as of January 2019, St. Catharines has their first train that leaves at like 5 a.m. or whenever it leaves to go to Toronto. Okay. okay? They have one train in and one out. Out. What okay. Metrolinx wants to do for the GO train is to have, like Barry, multiple trains a day going all the way from Niagara or the St. Car- Catharines area to Toronto. Okay. And something else that I... But oh. they need the second track because, because right now it's the freight trains are on there. So they can't have a schedule going on because they can't all share the one track. And CN Rail, rightfully, doesn't want to give up access to the track. They're using the track. Mm-hmm. You know how much uh, economic activity goes from Toronto yeah, into the U.S. I can down so that, that, that track to use. Down okay, that it's a track. Huge amount. Okay. It's a huge amount of track. So yeah. CN Rail, obviously, yeah. right? This is a bit yeah. of an issue. Yeah. And then um, something else that you should know is that 
but the distance from Toronto to Barrie, yeah. Ontario yeah. Uh, is about the same as Toronto to St. Catharines. Yeah, about an but, hour or so, right? Yeah, about an hour. But it's literally one kilometer difference from downtown Barrie to Toronto and Toronto to St. Catharines. But oh, Barrie has exploded yeah. over the last 10 years because they have multiple GO train stops with multiple trains okay. leaving and coming every day. Okay. St. Catharines does not have that, but it's the same distance away. Yeah. So we know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know. Or a rock star. Or a rock star <laughs> to know that... The, the, no that, pun intended. Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> when you that, should be. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. But when that happens in St. Catharines yeah. and the trains are running all the yeah. way from St. Catharines through Hamilton... Yeah. To Toronto, yeah, you can't tell me that that area is not going to grow with the population growth that we have yeah, coming in here. That's what we've seen because what's happened is the people and the money has from Toronto has gone out to other areas. So people that could afford in Toronto that can no longer afford or choose not to afford in Toronto because yeah. they don't want to pay that price. Yeah. They're taking their money and going out to places outside in, into the suburbs. One place has been Hamilton over the for a long time, but more more steadily in a larger number for the recent years because the properties when at, the, at a time when the a million dollar bungalow was selling in Hamil and Toronto was a million bucks. A bungalow in Hamilton was selling for at that time it was what like three fifty or so. Like it was let's say four hundred thousand. Yeah. Right. So the gap was huge. So people were like, "Wow, this is for a six hundred thousand dollar difference." Wow. I'll go there. But then what's happened is so the money was coming from the Toronto. Toronto buyers were going into their and and other areas too, yeah, right? Yeah. But they were driving up the prices. Yeah. The people in Hamilton were like, "What the hell? I can't afford to buy anything here anymore." So now, finally, they've started going up to these other areas, driving growth in these other surrounding areas yeah. for that because of the economic activity going there. So it's finally, and you know, Hamilton, Hamilton's always been a little bit of a hub, right? Especially with the, the steel industry and stuff. But now, with now, it's there's there's more industry diversification, and with the population being pushed out because of yeah. affordability, it's now a, a larger hub that's supporting other communities around it, whereas when the steel industry got hit, it could it had a harder time supporting the other yeah. communities around it, which isn't the case anymore. Yeah. Right. So it's weird that like yeah, yeah. it's weird how like Barrie used to be cottage country, and now it's kind of in some ways because of the Go Train Tom was talking about a suburb of of Toronto. Yeah. Which is like that's a far away suburb. But, you know, St. Catharines used to be like, you know, like no one, what's St. Catharines, Another right? world. Yeah. And yeah. now it's, it, there's potential with the, what, the, all the trends that are happening that it becomes a suburb of Toronto yeah. because of that type of I stuff. I obviously don't have a crystal ball, but no, mark, no, we'll, mark my words. None of us do. We, we, it, we, if Barrie became a suburb of Toronto because of Go Train, and the Go Train is not in full access in St. Catharines. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing my due diligence. And so you I guys. guess that's what I wanted to ask. Why? But, but why are to, you here from Alberta? Is it because? Okay, of but the before energies? we get to that, though, you, time investment horizon, though, what you're talking about, Nick, and all that, it's not tomorrow. So that's it's another. The government. It's it's not. It might not be in our lifetime. Well, put a, yeah. put, oh come on, come <laughs> on! It's got to be sooner than that. Seriously, no, the, the, no, the no, demographic no, growth. Of, no, he's I think, joking. He's joking. What but, do you think? Give me a time frame. They they're trying. So they're right now ahead of schedule. Right, the, the, the which go, portion, the, like the, the go, go train, train. the go train was not okay. supposed to be leaving from St. Catharines already. I think it was was it next it was year, twenty twenty. I think or twenty twenty one. I think it was supposed to be twenty twenty yeah, or twenty twenty one. So they're, they, I think about when they launched when they launched earlier this year. I think at that time it was two years. They were two years ahead of schedule. So so, but. But I mean, look, you're dealing with government entities, just like <laughs> CN Rail and the like provincial CMEC. government. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to argue over land and track access and stuff. So, I mean, it's really a crapshoot. But, but I everything else is there. All the other 
You but know, your best estimate, Nick? I have no idea because I don't know what goes on in the government. No. They, some some bills that I've been looking at for you know from the government have been sitting stagnant from one government to another for years, for five but years. But we like, can break it out like this, though. When we started buying in Hamilton, Nick and I looked at each other um, like we might have been crazy because properties, we were buying single family homes up on the Hamilton Mountain. Yeah, That's not a real of, mountain like Alberta. No, I it's know, a little escarpment, but it's the called market. the Hamilton Mountain. Yep. Okay, so up on the Hamilton Mountain, we yep. were buying single family, fully detached yep. homes for 195 to $209,000. That was about 10 years ago. And now they're worth? Now they're worth about 450. Yeah. So now yep. if I was to give you the same projection going forward. Five I, years, you said, ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. That was okay. ten years okay. ago. All right. Things have... L- a little bit longer now, actually. Yeah. 11 or 12, right? Just slightly sure. longer, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe 11 or so. But in 2008, we were buying in that price point still. Uh, maybe 2007. So you're right, 12 years ago. Whatever. 12 yeah, years I, ago. I mean, close enough, yeah. Um, so it doubled. It doubled. So now I would say not only... So now Hamilton to St. Catharines, I think, is getting not the same population growth in the next 10 years. I think it's getting more. Yeah. So I think... The opportunity to have some massive growth. I don't know if it's doubling again. I don't know. But I think there is a massive opportunity over the next 10 years. Okay. You so just so, said the magic Yeah, and that's frame. what I've been trying to say. I yeah, think absolutely. it's somewhere in the next 10 yep. years. That's what I say. We are going to absolutely. have a major move yep. in that segment of Ontario. Yep. And I don't know exactly when it'll be. To Nick's point, we're dealing with the government. But somewhere in there. And in the middle of that, to be fair, we might have an economic crisis. There could be a period yep. of time, but I feel strongly that the population demand supports the need. I agree. For it's like when starter home rental type. There's property. no doubt. There's Apart- a sh- housing or, shortage. It's a crisis. Builders are not here, building. Here, it's a straight you know, see, up crisis. The, the latest uh, was a CMHC, The latest numbers just came out. The housing new housing starts are actually down. Yep, they're actually down from well, last month because but, of the legislation in place. Yeah, but but but, so, so, but just on this point, yeah. sorry, I, I just want to. What happened in Mil- see? What's very interesting is just the infrastructure. It's so dependent on the infrastructure. Yeah. Right? Because remember with Milton, Milton was held, they, they needed the water infrastructure. They were held small, held small, held small for a long period of time. This was years ago now. When they finally got the, the infrastructure they needed, yeah. Then, um, oh, wasn't it both? Was it water? Was it just sewage? I thought it was both. But anyways, when they finally got it, explosion. Yeah. Right. So that. So yeah. It's that's that's what it's dependent on that. So but so d- to us it would be. And uh, now we'll let you speak again. Someone's gonna rip <laughs> yeah, me again. Like, you know, on, I already you, know I, from this podcast someone's gonna rip <laughs> me. Can you let the poor guy speak? But you asked the question, so I just want to tell you. Sometime I feel the next ten years. And who knows when, but over that period, we I feel there's going to be massive growth. I like how you said you were going to let him speak, and then you didn't. Uh, uh, no, no, but, but, no, but, but, uh, but, no, but you, don't, you don't know this, you two guys, but I used to be a freaking lawyer. I used to be a litigator. So, so you never ask a question to which you don't know the answer. You gave me the answer I was looking for. It came from you, not from me. It's yeah. even better. It was like I was on it, the stand. He cornered me. No, Tell I, me when. You Tell know me what? When. I literally did this because it's at least a 10-year game. And... You know, for me, what I'm trying to teach your audience as well, because that's what we are, teachers, right? I'm, I'm specializing in multifamily. And I told my guys, oil and gas, you know, that those guys that have a million dollars of capital to deploy with me, it's a 10 to 15 years. And they agreed to that. You know, and that's, I think, because of what all you said. It takes time. They're civil servants. They're not business owners like us, right? And they, they evolve at their pace, which is a slow one. But no, I think, so coming back to what, Am I gonna? What am I willing to go in, or what kind of project is it? A turnkey, or is it a value add? If it's a value add, then I know the level of effort significantly greater. Uh, in the multifamily world, uh, you guys, you probably know this. The values have increased even further than what you talked about in, on the mount. I'm I'm flabbergasted. Uh, hopefully, this is not a, improper for me to say this, but the realtor that came to my workshop last weekend, 
uh, told us about that time period, four or five years ago, bought a building, overpaid by about $40,000. He thought, what the hell mm-hmm. am I doing? Now he said, looking back, I wish I had bought more of those yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the, overpaying. The best $40,000 mistake he's ever made. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Literally, and I'm not making this up. This is what he said in front of my class, right, my, my, my students. So, but the underwriter in me will say, okay, and you guys too, ah, let's hold our horses, mitigate, like think this through because you just never know. The music stops. We'll get to Alberta, Tom. I know you want to get to Alberta. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so happy about what's going on in Alberta because I wouldn't be here, but it's, it's uh, healthy as an investor to diversify your risk. We all know that. So that's what I'm doing, and that's what my oil and gas do, people are doing. So, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's the, yeah, I'm not denying. It's the reason. My portfolio is doing okay because I'm a hands-on kind of guy. Uh, my properties are stabilized. Uh, yeah, no major capex, no major capital improvements in the next little while. But, you know, income is down, and our operating expenses are up. So that that we're barely making ends meet. I'm not, I kid you not. Uh, but, you know, we can talk about oil. I mean, I'd love so, to. So, just so what, clear what, something in Alberta. You still have no rent controls there, right? No, we have no rent control. Okay, we're not going to have any either. I thought with the last any. provincial government, they were thinking Yeah, they were about considering, yeah, that's but what, they never okay. acted on that. So, okay. we, so would you buy in Hamilton at uh, with your investors in Alberta at a, you know, at a cap rate of four and a half or four? Would you buy or would you not buy? Like, what would I, you I'm buy? not there yet. From I, what you know, now you can't make a decision. Is well, that where you're well, at? Well, I need to consult with my investors. This is an ongoing conversation. Yes, I would. If you ask me, I see, and this, you guys know your shit. So this, I see what you see. And there's enough of a you, income potential from a four cap that you're okay? If you have a long investment horizon. These guys, like the other uh, conversation I have with those guys is, are you in it for the cash flow? Okay, I'm going to bust people's bubble. You don't invest in multifamily properties for the freaking cash flow. It's the lowest profit center after capital appreciation and principal pay down. Yeah, we I tell everybody the same thing. <laughs> we tell everyone the same. You know so, what? An older Italian gentleman once told me, he said, Tom. Does he drink Barola wine? Oh, I'm probably, sure he does. Probably. Yeah. This guy probably. He said, uh, Tom, you, you're not going to go make your money in, in, in apartment buildings, but once you have some money to invest, that's where you put it to work for you. Yeah. You know, so like if you're going to really think I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow with my apartment, wrong approach. But when you have a bit of money and capital to invest, it's the best place to park it because they're just going to do what they do day in and day out. Here's the good news about this asset class, Tom. Uh, Last night, speaking about valuation of multifamily properties, they're like an ETM every five years. And by the way, I saw this with my own eyes as an underwriter at CMHC, the big REITs, because I underwrote REIT deals and all of that jazz. Every five years, you create a bit of equity. You can take some out, you know, like you go to the ATM every at low maturity every five years, or you leave it there like I do. I do a little bit of all of that because I mitigate because I've got enough of a portfolio that I can kind of look at the overall risk, and I'll, I'll, that's what you can do. But the good news is if you continue to maintain your property very well, like when you go and refi and do a, an equity takeout, Make sure your roof is still going to last you another five years, right? You don't want to have any negative surprise. So you got to do, you got to, a, a refi deal. This is what I was telling my, my students last night and last weekend. It's a new deal every time. You've got to go through the four key risk factors, property risk factor, property condition, market risk factor, valuation, and the bore risk factor. So you're taking money out. So the underwriters, whether CMHC, conventional lenders, will look at all the risk factors from scratch. But 
So when they come to the risk factor, if your roof needs to be replaced in a couple of years, they're not going to allow you to take as much equity out or they're going to say replace the roof, you know. But the point is, if you look at it that way, and yeah, I'm meticulous. I'm mainly retentive. I've got systems and shit, but it works. I'm mainly retentive. Yeah, I mean, no, but the point is, yeah, I, I wouldn't venture without having a system in place. So, but yeah, in Alberta, things are going to change. We've been hijacked. You know, it's funny because you and I started this conversation where this is my third podcast with you this year. The stuff I said was happening did happen. I, yeah, there's proof. People can go back to that January, whenever it was. I can. Yeah, was I was speaking. That's when that. you came in here and just caused a shitstorm of like, "Hey, what's going on in Alberta?" I had more emails from that podcast if, than maybe any other. If I had more hair on my head and <laughs> it was lighter in color and not as gray as it is, I'd freaking run for office because you know but, what? But, so, but you guys in Alberta would look at Ontario as a like a stable, I guess, just a steady income, stable. Play. Absolutely. Absolutely, and for you know the writing is on the wall. We've got great fundamentals because of the in the population marketplace. Gro- yeah, the exactly. fundamentals. And uh, what population ha- growth, low vacancies, uh, the tech companies coming into downtown Toronto. I mean, the writing is on the wall. You know, so that's what I'm seeing. As long as you have an investment horizon that's long enough, and we kind of agree that bare minimum, that to me, ten year time frame is a bare minimum. That's where you start for with the multifamily, regardless of which market. So I would here, say. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, uh, my my brother in law was looking at a building. Nick, you remember the story in in Oakville, and the cap back then was probably like six and a half or seven percent. And he was where, like, where you said in Oakville here Oakville. here okay. in Oakville. There's not many buildings here. Wow. And he was yeah. looking at that and. Uh, he crunched the numbers and he was just getting into it. And I didn't know enough about multi-unit. We're talking, this is probably 12 years ago. Yeah. Well, we were starting the business. We, were just, we actually want, we're like, man, we, we, were we wanted to, to figure it. out a way to do it, but we just started the business. How many units? As you know, uh, was it 22 units oh, nice size or something? Nice it was a size, good size. Yeah. 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 There's a few stories. Maybe it was around anyway, 20, just under. Yeah. But at that time in Oakville, just off Kerr Street here in Oakville and uh, that building at that time, now you're going to, I know you're going to laugh, but I'm just going to tell you, I think it was like 1.1 million oh, or something like that. Yes, and and he ran, oh, he God. ran, <laughs> maybe it was 16 units. Maybe it wasn't 20, maybe it was 16, but, uh, but still, but yeah. So it was 1.1 and I remember running in the cap rate and we didn't know enough, you know, yeah. at that time. And, uh, we didn't have enough capital ourselves to do that kind of yeah. thing. So he let it go. Maybe four years later, the and I think you might know this commercial underwriter, so I'm not going to mention his name. He meets somebody from Rockstar somewhere, and he goes, I have, I want to pass a message on to Tom and to oh. his brother-in-law. Can you tell him cap rates are now, I don't even think they're four, I think it, they went to four and a half were, on that yeah. building. And he goes, they left about a million dollars on the table. On the table. Can you just pass that message? And so this guy comes into the Rockstar offices and says, Tom, Tom, I got to talk to you. I have a message for you and your brother-in-law. Apparently you guys aren't that great at real estate investing because you guys left a million dollars on the table on some apartment building around the corner. Oh boy. I go, I know we couldn't buy it at the time, but so the reason I'm sharing that ridiculous story, isn't that ridiculous? But who who would have thought the cap rates get compressed like that? But my, here's my point from all the studying that we're doing and you weren't at our last event um, and I want to talk to you about next yep. year but we did yep. an economic update and it looks like the, the the Federal Reserve in the US which would then happen here in Canada is prepared to take rates all the way down to zero and they would go even to negative beyond negative one to negative two they don't uh, or they aren't able to project what impact it would have on the economy but my point is this is the discussion they're talking about going to zero. I'm following and, that and, discussion. And, I agree. And, and negative. So where do you feel cap yeah. rates are? If, if interest rates go down another point or point and a half or two points in this country, in Canada, because we have to mirror what goes on in the yeah. U.S., where do cap rates go? Like how would you used to work at CMHC? Like wh- what are we looking at? Well, are we looking at cap rates that could be like 
two like I, I can't even say the number like is it is it, is it like I am I'm not sure or, or do they just freeze here like wh- I I so I'm not sure I'm that knowledgeable when it comes to macroeconomics Tom to answer that question fully I'm gonna go by gut um, I'm not sure that correlation between uh, interest rates and cap rates is necessarily to be made. I'm not sure. Okay, so I'm a unknown territory. This is where, as sure. a so-called expert, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta say that these are my limitations. I've never studied economics, or well, somewhat, a little bit, but not extensively. It's an asset class in high demand. It's the the highest, uh, the, the, the asset class in the highest demand across the country. So I would tend to say I don't think it's going to have a major detrimental impact. Okay. What it's going to do is you're going to make more money with lower interest rates. I I got a loan renewal, and this is something also. But I've been having this conversation with my students, including last night, about where I think I'm not as knowledgeable as you in terms of macroeconomics. Uh, I don't follow it as systematically as you appear to be because I, I, I listen to what you're saying. Believe it or not. Can you believe I listen to your brother, uh, Nick? Um, <laughs> he, he, he beat you down. <laughs> you eventually have to. <laughs> well, I'm getting better at it. I, I am doing more and more of my homework. So I think because it's such a, an asset class in high demand, I don't think so that that's going to compress the cap rate. So I think, yeah, values are only going one way because there's a shortage of good asset to invest in. That's what I would say, Tom. If I were to guess on that, again, reconfirms my belief why I'm in it, you know, myself as a portfolio, as a, an investor. It's a good asset class to buy. I, I, and this is what I, I, I agree with you completely because if you look at GDP, the way economics teaches it. I also yeah. don't have an economics degree, but I do my yeah. own reading. Yeah. Uh, the GDP is defined by, let me get this right now before I say it, capital and labor. Yeah. So those are the two inputs, yeah. right? Capital yeah. and labor. Yeah. And then a lot of economists argue about productivity. How yeah. much does productivity yeah. then enhance that algor- that little mm-hmm. formula mm-hmm. to generate the economic mm-hmm. output? Okay, mm-hmm. so you have capital and you have labor. Now, here's my, my point. If the U.S. decides that they do have to lower interest rates by 50% of where they are now, and I say it percentage terms because it's a big deal. Like if rates go from 2% to 1%, that's a 50% drop in in where they're at, okay? So if that happens, that that automatically cheapens the value of money and flushes a lot of capital. Remember GDP is capital times labor, okay? Into the economy. Yeah. if then uh, Canada and specifically Ontario and the yep. Toronto area then gets an influx of capital because the Bank of Canada decides to lower its rates. So now in this area, not only do we have more capital, which is one of the inputs of yep. economic output, yep. we then have a crazy amount of labor because of our population growth. There you go. So you have Good this point. weird magical mix here yep. of cheap, lots of cheap money times a lot of population growth with per, which provides labor yeah. in this area. Okay. And then we can all argue about productivity and what the impact has. Are we in Ontario in this? And I, I'm, I don't know. I don't have the crystal ball, but I'm like, in the next 10 years, yeah. do we have a lot of cheap money and a lot of labor here? And what's gonna that, that going to do to the economic output in this area? Are we accidentally in one of the best areas in North America right now? Because our population growth in this area is better than anything else in North America that I can find. And we're automatically going to have the cheap money that's going to go spread through the world. So I'm like, this area is weird to me right now. I see because what if you, you see. If, because if, you, if, you, if, I, if I get on my soapbox and, and project this too loudly, I, I come across like the person, well, yeah, you sell real estate and you, you know, are talking this. But I don't mean to come from that point. I mean to come from an objective point like, oh, my god, And that of an investor? Of an investor. Like, oh, I, my god. Listen, I'm not a realtor and I see what you see. 
Yeah, and I'm just so we still have to be careful. I'm not saying go yeah. buy any building in Hamilton or Oshawa. Always or, have to be careful. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, there is this weird possibility that we might have the magical storm here that of all Tom, the craziness. I'm here. No, I'm here as an investor. I'm sold on it. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I know. And you know what? The one thing you don't you <laughs> forgot to mention your spread. Your spread is only going to get better if the cost of money goes down. Like I was teaching that last night for crying out loud, right? So I think cap rates are on the way down, not up. I, I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm it's going to be interesting. So we're going to have you. Obviously, we want every yeah. time we, you come back. Are we the, done now? Or we have a few more things. How much more time? time? We have more time. No, but uh, there's a few things I want to talk to. Perspective yeah. is everything. So okay, I'm here in Ontario looking for properties for investment to deploy at least to me. And like I said, if I make a good business case, I think I can get more money from my oil and gas guys. Okay, and just at the beginning of my doing my homework, but next week or in two weeks from now, I'm going to be speaking in lovely uh, Okanagan Valley in Kelowna, right? And uh, I'm going to go by, uh, you know, Kamloops, which is on the way where that famous Trans Mountain pipeline is going through. My son is in uh, university there. So, but I'm also going to meet with uh, potential investors because in BC, if you sit, your ass is sitting in British Columbia. You think, where do you think the deals are to be had? One guess, you two. Come on. If you're in British Columbia. Brothers, where do you think they want to go? The and you're staying in BC with your yeah, money? Yeah, you live in BC and you see, know, you see freaking cap rates at three. No, no, go beyond that. In BC, wait. Let me get. Let me give you a chance here. I'm yeah, in yeah. BC. Well, too, I want you to work hard. Right. Question: Where do you think that the, the well, money is? Okay, okay. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out a little bit. No, no, no. But wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the context. Okay, the question is: You're an investor. You're a multifamily investor. You're in British Columbia. Do you know what the values are like in Vancouver, for instance, on a per door basis? You read the yeah, good, go, go, Goodman report. Like they're, no. <laughs> they're like four five hundred thousand dollars a door. Okay, cap rates uh, under four four percent, probably three three and a quarter. Okay, it's insane. So if you're a multifamily investor, you can't buy there. It doesn't make sense. Where would you would you where but would you I, go I, next? But I'm keeping That's my, money my question, in, Nick. You got the question, my, Nick? Yeah, I, I want do, you to do, work. But, but don't do. answer it. Don't answer because I don't know BC <laughs> well at all. Okay. But I'm keeping my money in BC. Am I keeping my money I in BC? Say, I didn't oh, put any restrictions oh, to oh, where so you Oh, so then it's oh, out of BC. Uh, yeah, I so it's out of BC. I thought we were talking about BC. I'm asking you where. That's the question. It's going to be in Ontario. It's a long way to Toronto from Vancouver. So they're going to Alberta. No shit, yeah, Sherlock. Okay. There you right. go. I, I thought you were going to You know, missed the answer. Album. You didn't get no, it right no, the first I, time. I know. So you know yeah. what? I was <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. The I point was going is about to say Alberta, but I was like, forget it. I'm going to promote Ontario. My point is perspective to those guys listening to us. Because I, I, I'm lucky. I travel, and I do want to talk about Canada. I'm not going to leave without a minor small rent because... I'm, I'm blessed. I've got my gratitude rock sitting on your desk here, uh, you know, but real estate investing is also about and anything you do in life is about perspective. I'm here now in Ontario exploring markets here and, you know, I have a good portfolio in Alberta, but I don't I want to diversify my risks. But people in, you know, in, in, in British Columbia think, OK, well, you know, the market is too high, too hot. Where can we get some good deals? They're coming to Alberta and I'm going to sit down with former graduate students of mine. Now they own 82 units and, well, Pierre Paul, can we partner up? Sure. I'm not going to, yeah, not because I want to diversify my risk and I want to have my eggs in different baskets. I'm not going to shit all over the Alberta market because that's the part I want to talk about the Alberta situation because you know what? And I've said this and it's funny because this now, this is freaking recorded so people can go back to what we said. And I was freaking right. I don't want to sound like a smart aleck again, but. No, you said you were a smart ass. Okay, yeah, smart ass. Don't, don't I am go to smart, smart ass. Alec now. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm a smart <laughs> ass. But this pendulum, we remember, we, you and I sitting at this desk here, we're saying that how the conversation is polarized. 
man, it's gone to extremes now. Like people have lost their, you know what I've been saying, and that's terrible. And I hope I don't sound arrogant. I'm not like, a, you know, I think I'm a humble person, but people have stopped thinking. Canadians have stopped thinking. Remember that as a result of the federal election is we're so divided, not a freaking MP in Saskatchewan or Alberta. What does that tell you? Does, and we're going to have a shit show coming up over the next couple of years in the federal pol politics and provincial. I, you can see it's already mm -hmm. begun, right? Ford wants to host the premiers in Toronto. Woo! It's going to be quite the party when that happens. So, Again, I want to urge Canadians, like I talk to Quebecers, you know, and it's not like I'm not partisan. Yes, I voted conservative. I'm going to say that. The reason is not because I liked Andrew Scheer by any means, but, you know, at least he's going to run the, the country into a deficit when we're on the verge of, you know, probably a global recession or any, any, all of that, right? So that's what I voted for. It's not so much for a party, but where are we headed? How are we managing our finances in this country, right? So it does not make sense to run. Capital is fleeing this country like crazy. You've heard in Canada last week? This is huge, guys. This I don't know if I heard this. What is it? In Canada. It's one of the largest oil and gas companies, and they, they're big. Oh, big oh sorry. Yes, yeah, I did. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but capital has been fleeing this country for a while. You know, I've said on previous podcasts, we're losing 80 to $100 million a day. This is not Alberta. I'm talking about Canada as a country. That's hospital schools and all of that. We have the cleanest oil here, right? And the last time I had a bunch of reports, I was telling you about the whales, you know, People have got to stop, you know, and, and think, think about what's going on. People vote for reasons that are not, don't make sense anymore. You know, we have to stop. We have to work together. This is one of the best countries in the world. And we're doing it a disservice. People have to start paying attention to these things. But we don't have good leaders in place, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I feel, I'm sad for Canada. I'm sad. I, I am fresh Canadian. You know what? Uh, part of me thinks people vote because uh, so many people are, you know, you're, you're struggling. You're yeah. struggling to get by. You're struggling to yeah. make your rent payment. You're struggling to just get your kids into school and pay for some They're basic survival activity. Mode. They're in survival mode. So when you hear a politician, and I don't want to get this into politics too much, but when you hear a politician promise you yeah. certain free things or better things, it's easy to vote for them. And I can't really blame them. It, it, Pierre Paul, I think the reason that you're able to make the conclusions you're making is because of the knowledge you have. And you know that there is no free lunch. You know there, this can only be funded with more deficits. And to me, my biggest concern with more deficits required to give away more things to people for cheap or for free. Exactly. And that hurts the same people that you're trying to help because these deficits increase the value of, of assets. And typically the people who own assets are people who are doing okay. They don't, yeah. so, so the policies that people are voting for some sometimes come back yeah, to be point. the exact policies yeah, that point. then hurt them further. You oh, know, and it, 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 that's why I just like to stay out of it. And I focus yep. on my Bank of Canada and I yep. focus on my interest rates because it's the only thing I figured that if I understand that and yep. what these freaking guys are doing, guys and girls, yep. I can protect my family and make my own investment decisions. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, now the, the wine's the day, talking. No, Paul, but that means at the end of the day, that's what most people do. They're in survival mode and they Survi look after yeah. the interests first and foremost. Uh, no, I, I don't blame anybody for doing that. But at the same time, you've got to be a little bit more informed. But the point is, uh, I'm still going to invest in Alberta. I'm still considering it because now you're buying at low valuations. I, I, at some point, the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. Like we cannot. Like every always time does. I come it here, always does. Yeah, always like, does. I mean, you drive on the 401 and 400. You know, see all the traffic. People need oil. Like none of our lifestyle will be what it is. People will realize at some point it's better to buy it from within Canada because it's cleaner, higher environmental standards, and all of that. But the point I wanted to draw to your attention is at the same time, uh, perspective is everything. I'm not completely. 
you know, excluding to in, in continue to invest in Alberta because I think the pendulum will swing. We've reached the bottom. So values are only going one way and it's up from now on. Might be, you know, a few years until this begins. Well, it's already begun. Vacancies are lower. Uh, population growth is starting to kick in. So it is moving in the right direction, but albeit at a very, very, very slow pace. So, But I just wanted to throw that in because perspective is everything. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that I'm in Ontario, I'm also considering, you know, partnering with other folks. Uh, so you're still a lover of Canada as a whole. That I am. That I am. Well, uh, this is where I feel, again, blessed. Uh, I, I have that unique perspective. Why well, feel a sense of duty? And I hope people don't take this. It's not the political parties. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Canada. We don't, we don't stand up enough for this country. Unfortunately, our leaders are not doing a good job at it, as we've seen in the last federal election. Right? There's a clear lack of representation. Uh, I get around. I speak, as you know, you know, a bunch of languages, but English and French. I physically travel. I talk to people. I get the unique perspective. So I feel truly a sense of duty. I'm blessed. I'm privileged, financially well off. And I need, I need, I need to share this when I have a tribune and a forum like yours. So I hope... You listeners don't don't hold it against me, but even when I when I talk when I speak, I, I you know I, I I'm, I'm privileged to have this understanding, and I need to to make people more aware. Otherwise, I'd be I I, I wouldn't feel true to myself. How's that? Well, I'm, I'm, How's I'm, that? I'm with you. I'm so, I feel so blessed on being here in Canada. I feel like we have so many benefits that are so discounted. I want to share something. My brother-in-law just uh, had to do a colonoscopy, <laughs> and he drank all that fluid that cleans you out. He got lightheaded. He fell, passed out. Nick, I don't know if I told you this yet. Passed out the other days, a couple of days ago. Passed out, smashed his nose, unconscious on the mm -hmm. on the ground. Um, had to be rushed to emergency. Mm -hmm. Okay, same thing happened to him under a different situation in Florida. In Florida, they rushed him to emergency. Took four and a half hours to whole process to get him all stitched up yep. and fixed up. Here in Canada, he had this incident, a crazy, horrible incident. We all mm -hmm. laugh about it now. Mm -hmm. He's totally okay. Yeah. But we all laugh about no it. Colonoscopy. No, 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 okay. no, everything's good. <laughs> but he had this horrible incident happen to him. Took him five and a half hours. Yeah. Everybody makes fun of all yeah. health healthcare in this country. Yeah. And there you go. You're in the States, took them four and a half yeah. hours. Here, it took five and a half hours for emergency care. And I understand there's different MRI weights. I, we all have our different yeah. complaints about the Canadian yeah. healthcare system. But yeah. I feel so blessed to be living in a country where someone falls down. And they're going to be able to get the service they need where firemen and, and paramedics yeah. come to their house and pick them up. And so not only our healthcare system, but our education system with its flaws, yeah. and I understand, yeah. and then our banking system. Yeah. And then just the safety of all of us, our citizens, and our property rights, like our property rights yeah. in here in Canada. Our, our safeguarding. Nick and I have bought property in Europe. It took us yeah. four and a half years to close on that. Yeah. Four and a half years, wow. Pierre-Paul. Wow. The so bureaucracy. The bureaucracy is crazy here in Canada. You can you're going to buy an apartment building. We could probably close it in five. It might be tight, but maybe five weeks. Because it's, it's, it's automated. It's automated. It's all a of single it. family yep. home. Two weeks. Central right? uh, title system. You know, and all so that. we live in a beautiful oh, yeah. country. So well, Nick, uh, Nick, were you going to say? Yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, you were talking about um, uh, Ontario. You know, different parts of yep. uh, of the country. I'm curious. Like Montreal still has the number is like the highest density of, oh, of yeah. rental units in the country, and 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 that. Um, the the way they live it's it's so acceptable to rent and and because it's, what it's is it? a culture er, renter. Call, sorry, that's what I was looking for the culture. And in you know early July, there's always people moving down the streets with all their stuff because so many of the leases kind of renew at that time. Why have you put thought into looking in there? And, I am. Yeah. I am. Next oh, you step, are. Okay. Next step. So okay. right. So when I come out here for my workshops, you now I take extra time, extend my stays to in order to explore the market. Uh, so, but you're correct. Um, Quebec's economy is freaking booming. Mm -hmm. It's booming, and the rental market, absolutely, yeah. So I, you know, 
I, I'll be honest. I, I've suffered a little bit with my portfolio. In you're a Leafs fan. You can just say yeah. you're a Leafs fan. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> my son, my 15-year-old would shoot you if you said that in front of him. Because uh, last time I introduced him to some of my former cousin in NHL, uh, Montreal and Has players actually in, uh, in Quebec. Uh, but uh, so, but yeah, the, I'm doing it in stages, Nick. I'm kind of coming out from a dark area. Not dark area, but the darker phase to... Like what we're experiencing yeah. in the real estate market in Alberta would never happen anywhere else in, in Canada because it's too dependent on one indust- industry, which is oil and gas. Okay, now I've, I've figured that out and I've adjusted my management systems and their stabilized properties. But again, I, okay, once bitten, twice as shy, I got to diversify my risk. So I'm coming to Ontario because I happen to come here now more and more regularly. And then same idea about Quebec, definitely. Uh, but it's got similar legislation, landlord-tenant legislation, very prescriptive and all that. So you got to factor that into your strategy, making sure you've got an investment horizon that's long enough. But here's the good news. So you just said, you know, Oakville, for example, there's not many apartment buildings. Whereas Quebec, yeah, it's a full culture of a lot of apartment buildings, right? So, but absolutely, you're right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in my new phase as an investor, okay. trying yeah, to I explore just new horizons. The beginning of your exploration. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Cool. No, absolutely. Oh because, uh, Why do I should envision in our future, you and I are buying a multi-unit in Montreal. Can you imagine? What can partner up? Yeah. I got an in. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. So for some reason, I'm not, I don't think I'm now going I to Montreal. Now I said it, we're going to have to have it happen. I don't know. Don't think a culture of renters, Nick. So, Pure yeah, Paul. That's a good thank point. You. Any, uh, I'm going to wrap no, up. Anything? We're good. We're thank, good. Listen, thank you for the beautiful Barola wine. Thank you. Thank you for always the pleasant chats back and forth. Always fun. We only you guys drank more than you thought you would, I think. Actually, how I much? I think I did a little bit yeah, more. Nick, Nick, I mean, Nick. Tom drinks very fast, I have yeah. to admit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When we go to Croatia, just for the record, we go to, we had multiple instances in Croatia where we've been out for lunch with the families, and Tom has ordered more wine. He's like, where's all this wine going? Like, can't believe it. Where's all this wine going? And then, like, myself and Diana, my wife and Carol will look at each other. We're like, Tom, you're drinking it. Really? <laughs> You're the guilty on? party. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's a good one. I picked a good. Uh, I like this. Uh, you this really parole. did. You yeah. really did. Pierre Paul, always a pleasure. Thank you like for taking. What? You're a busy guy. Oh, I mean, you're yeah. speaking tomorrow. You had your yep. workshop. You're looking about. Thank you for stopping. You're always welcome here. We'll Appreciate talk about it. 2020 yep. together now. Yep. We're going to take you for a tour of the new office yep. now. Look forward to that. So, yeah. Thank cool. you. Thank Thanks you for having me, you guys. Cheers. Hey, everyone. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the show. I know we got a little bit off track there, but we always have fun chatting with Pierre Paul. And listen, if you are listening to this and you want some real estate specific data yourself, you can grab one of our reports, including the destruction of the middle class report that we just updated at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. The destruction of the middle class report is there along with the other reports that we've put out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback that have been coming in around this podcast. Uh, Recently, we've been bumping into people who are telling us they're listening to the podcast and giving us their favorite parts of the podcast. So totally appreciate that. And until next time, your life, your terms.